Oh, thanks for coming shopping with me, Steve. Much appreciated. I was gonna really need to get that new garbage disposal. Ah, uh, no worries. It was weird how yours uh, just suddenly broke from overuse, though, on the same night as your wife mysteriously vanished. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was a strange and an unusual coincidence that currently has no substantial evidence to back it up. Quite. Well, I've heard this shop is ahead of the curve of all appliances. Uh, I'll be honest, it smells a bit like a pet shop in here, rather than an appliance shop. Could we not have gone to Curry's first? Ah, oh, don't be silly. This is all the rage. Ah, good eve, gentlemen. Welcome to Sam Granite's, where you can find all your high-tech Stone Age gadgets. Uh, thank you. Sorry, did you say Stone Age? That's correct, sir. Here at Sam Granite's, we have all the modern conveniences you know today, but with a Stone Age twist. Is that something people were asking for? At Sam Granite's, we don't give a fuck what people are asking for. At Sam Granite's, it's the Stone Age or No Age. You, you didn't get a business degree, did you? So what can I interest you, gentlefolk, in? Oh, Richard needs a new garbage disposal unit. Ah! I have just the thing. Follow me. Over here. Before we get there, though, could I interest you in a new automated can opener? No, oh, that could be handy. Here you go. This is our top seller at the moment. We call it The Crab. Um... That is actually a crab. Yeah. Our marketing team, uh, they're, they're the ones that uh, worked on the big Ronsil account. Uh, so, uh, how does it work? I'm glad you asked. So, you hold the can up to its claws here, and it just opens it in one swift movement. But you're just actually kind of shoving the can in its face, though. It doesn't seem to want to, doesn't really seem to want to open the can. Or enjoy the fact that you're jabbing it in the face with a can of beans. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. We've had zero complaints from our numerous customers. How long have you been open? What's the time right now? It's 10.06. About six minutes. Uh, If you wanted something that packs a bit more punch, we have this baby. We call it... No, let me guess, let me guess. Is it the lobster? Fuck me, you should be in marketing. How did you guess that? Well, it's just mainly because it's a fucking lobster, isn't it? So this baby packs a full two claws power and can open a can in one to eight business hours? Oh, for Christ's sake. Maybe just the garbage disposal. Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. Follow me, gentlemen. Uh, oh, before we get there, do you need a bottle opener, either of you? Is it anything like your can openers? Not at all, sir. Not at all. Can I interest you to the Pigeon 6000? Right, that's just a pigeon. Not just any pigeon though this is the 6,000th pigeon we've trained to do this job watch as it effortlessly opens this beer can um was it supposed to do that of course and here so is your refreshing cold beer I think your pigeon's dead and and the bottle still isn't open nonsense 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 but the good news is the new model has just come in the pigeon 6001 so what what the hell is this place anyway anyway just this way gentlemen gentlemen uh, we were after garbage disposals right yes. so we need to pass the shower section do mind the huge piles of excrement won't you oh bugger me what caused all that uh, the new elephant elite wash and dry shower that we got in yesterday yeah, of course it bloody is did you have anything that isn't an animal in here okay and here we have it the all in one organic waste disposal unit Clive oh nice so uh, what does that stand for then St- oh, it's not an acronym. That's Clive's his name. Oh, of course. Oh, it's a pig. Oh, to any layman, it may look like just a pig, but to the trained eye, to the Stone Age eye, this is a wild boar. Does that make it better or worse? Clive can eat thirty tons of organic waste every day, and create about thirty-five tons of excrement every day. Sorry, what? What was that? Sorry, uh, Clive can eat thirty tons of organic waste 
every day. Create about 35 more of excrement. Yes, sorry, mm. no, you, you keep whispering the last bit. Did, did, did you say excrement? Yeah, there is a little bit of byproduct. What's the fucking point then? Excuse me, sir, you have a very negative attitude. You know, here at Sam Granite's. Oh, to do be quiet. This is just some weird pet shop come zoo. Come on, Steve, I'm done. Hang on, hang on. Uh, just an idea. Do you have any paper shredders? Of course, just this way. Uh, here, the hamster. This is our best selling shredding device yet. That's perfect. Can I take two, please? Absolutely, sir. I see you're a man of conviction and can see the benefits of our new Stone Age approach. Actually, it's uh, it's my nephew's birthday and he's always wanted a hamster. So he's been making a trip to uh, Pets at Home. And on tonight's episode of I Like Movies, we discuss the 1994 prehistoric live-adapted classic, The Flintstones. <laughs> Kick it, Rich. I like movies. Good, good, good evening. Good evening and welcome to I Like Movies. I'm your host this evening. I'm Steve. Hello. And joining me, as always, in the second chair, over there, it's Richard Marsh. This is chair number two. Chair number two. And in the third chair, that one way over there in the distance, it's Mr. Andy McLean. Good evening, Internet. And how are we all... I am well. I just watched sheer panic flash across your eyes as you leant back and then realised, oh no, I'm hosting this episode, I should be talking right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You leant away from the mic, like, ah, someone's going to introduce me any second now. Yeah, Stuff, <laughs> stuff's going to happen now. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for Steve to introduce me. Fuck up, Steve! <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how are you over there? I'm good. I'm cool. good. I'm a um, bit croaky, but other than that, I'm uh, all right. That's right, you survive. I know I will survive. Um, as long I just as you have uh, something to deliver. No, I can't remember the words. Yeah. It's like you with what were you just saying? Private dancer a minute ago. Private dancer. You didn't know the words. Dancing for free. Turns out, dancing for money. Money, but mainly dancing for me. Again, don't know the lyrics or the tune. <laughs> don't, don't really know the song. All I really know is the title of the song. I couldn't even tell you who sang it. Tina Turner. Oh, there you go then. Hmm. I already know twice as much about the song Private Dancer <laughs> as I did Nout 10 seconds. Right. Well, there you go. Anyway, I just think you know, I can do any extra, like, deeper bits at the moment. Ooh, so you, can, well, you can play Fred Flintstone. Uh, I could do. Mainly going for the Eeyore kind of thing. Oh. No one comes to my house. No, because nobody likes your Eeyore. You're a prick. Okay. It's mainly because Eel, like most donkeys, shits where he stands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, he won't get a DBS check, which makes it quite suspicious as to why not. Yeah, he won't get a DBS check, but clearly went in for a mortgage to get his own home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, Shall we? Yeah. Real quick disclaimer. Yeah. As occasionally happens on this show, recording got pushed back a week, so we have yeah. not seen the film The Flintstones in the past seven days. We did yeah. see it seven days ago. Um, so this might be one of those episodes <laughs> where you get a little bit of, like, did this happen next? Because yeah. I'm sure, much like you guys, like any major brain trauma, mm. my brain has already started scarring over the memory of The Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. it's such a good film. 
Yeah. That's, sound, yeah. that's how it's that works. so good. My brain wanted to scar over the memory so I could enjoy it almost as if it was the first time again. Oh, yes, too. Yeah. Good. Yeah. You wait till Viga, Viva Rock Vegas comes out next year. I thought you were going to say uh, Vigo Mortensen <laughs> plays Fred, to, to yeah, Fred yeah, Flintstone. Yeah, he does in Viva Rock Vegas. Do you know that? No, it's some, it's some English fella, isn't it? Mark it is Addy, isn't Mark it? Mark Addy, yeah. yeah. From, uh, doesn't he take his clothes off? I'm sorry? In that film? For Monty. Yeah, when Northern oh, yes, take yeah, their yeah, clothes yeah, off. That one, yep, that's it. But Such also, what's his name's in it as well? All Baldwin, the Baldwins are yeah. dead! Stephen, Stephen Baldwin? <laughs> yeah. From... One of them. Biodome. Mm. Oh, still gives me the shivers. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin? To Biodome in general. Mm. I would I would still watch the Flintstones a million times before I watch Biodome. I don't know. I would. I promise you. Oh, I'd never watch Biodome again, but I'd watch Flintstones again. I know you would. You'd like the Flintstones. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Shall we do the facts? Mm. Fact, my Steve. Oh, Just sorry. the facts, Jack. Uh, 1994. Flintstones! Nirvana at the top of the charts. Were they? I don't uh, know. No, he died in 1994. He killed himself in 1994. Okay. The best of Nirvana was at the top of the charts. <laughs> um, directed by Brian Levant, uh, starring John Goodman, Rick Moranis, Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. It's quite funny that Halle Berry <laughs> goes above Elizabeth Perkins, who is Wilma, but, and then some other random people. Not Karl McLaughlin's in it. Don't miss him out. Who? Karl McLaughlin's... Arguably the high point of this film, having Agent Dale Cooper in there. Carl McLaughlin. He's the, the arsehole, the, the main villain. Yeah. yeah, he's not on my list. He's uh, from such famous he's, things. He's as definitely in it. There I is. didn't Sex, imagine it. Sex Carl and the McLaughlin. City, yeah, he's Desperate a, Housewives, he's Twin Peaks, Showgirls, Blue Velvet. <laughs> he's in Showgirls. <laughs> he's in Showgirls. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Brian Levant directed. God, he's had a lustrous career in filmmaking after this. Um, What's he done, Steve? I'll let you know. That was that excellent noise. <laughs> I wish you'd do that every every show now, please. Yeah, yeah. I won't do it again right away. No, no. Wait till, wait till wait till next next two it's weeks fine. time. I just when I edit this, I'll cut it out and put <laughs> it on the soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> just have it on the soundboard. <laughs> yes, please do. That's got to be our sound of a. I don't know even what it okay. was. It was like a. Real quick, uh, putting back the Komodo on the show. If I um, if I cut that out of the edit and send it to you, mm. could you make some sort of remix jingle for um, <laughs> whenever we get the reoccurring segment, what the fuck did they just say? <laughs> and we'll just have some opening music for that segment of Steve going... <laughs> uh, yeah, I can definitely, yeah. I can, I can look into that, most definitely. <laughs> okay. Right, um, sorry. So, his... Uh, he, he did Beethoven in 1992, Ooh. the one with the dog, not the one about the piano man. That's, no, um, piano that's man. Billy Joel. Billy Joel, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and the Flintstones. Um, and he did Jingle All the Way in 1996. Didn't realise it was him directing that. that he's what we're saying is he, he's committed <coughs> a fair few atrocities against cinema. In hey, his, Jingle in his All the World. Jingle All the World, Jingle All the Way jingle is all the way fantastic. Is, right. uh, is that the then, one with Arnie in? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Then he did uh, 
the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. He oh. actually oh, did, he did the both. prequel. Yeah. Oh my word! He's the only one that came back. Yeah. I don't think there was a single nope. returning cast member, was there? Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. Then the well, TV they were all movie... supposed to be younger, weren't they? Oh, is that the excuse? They did it as a prequel because they couldn't get the original cast oh, back. Because like um, Elizabeth Taylor became Joan Collins, I think, and stuff like that. I think, I think it's questionable that Stephen Baldwin's a younger Rick from Moranis. Mm. 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 Probably around about the same age, actually, by the time they'd uh, made it. <laughs> Probably. Potentially, yeah. Uh, and did Snow Dogs in 2002. Uh, are we there yet? And he did... Um, a TV movie called Scooby-Doo The Mystery Begins in 2009. So is that like Scooby-Doo's origin story? Uh, His gritty Batman Begins-esque origin story? I believe so, yeah. Scooby sees his parents get killed in Crime Alley. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, it's got Robbie Amell in it from uh, from Arrow as uh, Fred. Okay. Um, then they did this, he did The Spy Next Door with uh, Jackie Chan. Um, and he did a sequel to Scooby Doo: The Mystery Begins, which is Scooby Doo: Curse of the Lake Monster. Wow! Wow! Were Christmas they live action Scooby Doo? Yes, or? they were. Yeah, oh. they were for Cartoon Network directly to show on TV, I believe. And then, uh, what was the other one you said? The Spy Next Door with Jackie Chan. Yeah, that's a long time, wasn't, wasn't it? That? Yeah. It'd be great living next door to Jackie Chan. Mm. And then funny, that's not even the weirdest thing next door to you. No. There's a spy in there as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with Jackie Chan. Is, is Jackie Chan aware of the spy being there? I or think is the spy so. so good, like he's kind of living around him? Oh, can you imagine watching that as a film? Just this spy going around Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan's like, <laughs> just going Jackie, about his dad. Jackie Chan has basis. some botched eye laser surgery yeah. you can't yeah. see for a weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the spy's like... He knows Jackie's hidden some money in the walls yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. He's just constantly doing that thing where like he'll like knock a plate or something behind Jackie Chan and say maybe and Jackie, Chan, Jackie Chan will catch like, it. Yeah. And then but then look around and kind of be like and do that kind of shrug of like, who? Huh? Must just be must just be my uh, uh, hearing. The, the wind. Yeah. Just your mind playing tricks on you, Jackie. Yeah. Again. Just a whole film of that. Am I right in thinking that Hannah and Barbera appear in this film? Apparently so. I feel like they might be the old guys on the uh, board meeting or something like that. Oh, well, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, I think I've got a feeling it's something like that. I did. I'm sure I saw their names at the end uh, that they that they appeared in it. Yeah. Um, so they 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 basically they, they played old men. Old <laughs> men. Sorry, I'm looking. Can you uh, can you? You're just talk looking. You're just looking for old men. Yeah. yeah. So I believe that they were both both in it. I'm assuming they probably right. have like a producer credit on this as well. Probably, yeah, imagine. like executive producer for creating the characters. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So my theory, <coughs> because obviously you say, when we always say films come out in the year they came out, but, yeah. you, but obviously you're looking at least a good couple of years before that, that the whole process started. And we so say you're looking at least late 91, early 92, maybe. Sure. Say say end of ninety one that they started talking about it and stuff. Mm. So my theory would be that this was made on the back of the Simpsons becoming more popular as it was released in late eighties. Yeah. So I I would imagine that they basically went, you know what, the Simpsons are really popular. Fred Flintstone is the original Homer. Mm. Let's uh let's do a, a live action Flintstones. Let's bring that back because people enjoy people like the Simpsons at the moment. They may mm. as well so they like that genre of things. 
So let's just uh, do that. That's what. That's my theory. Is that's why they did it because The Simpsons was a, a big thing. Did they ever do like another cartoon series of the Flintstones in the nineties? Mm. Kind of like how they one. do like new series of Scooby Doo every like twenty years or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not that I'm aware of. Because you would have thought no. that would have been the more obvious. Thing, yeah, right? yeah, indeed. Like we want to, like say, ride on the coattails yeah, yeah. of the Simpsons. Yeah. The thing I didn't like about this film mostly is that it didn't have that weird canned laughter like it used to have in the cartoons. Yeah. It's that like, how, why, why would there be laughter on a cartoon? It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, mm. as if it's filmed in front of a live studio audience. Yeah, that's weird. It's the a... reason I didn't like this film was Rosie O'Donnell. But we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's a question for you. Mm. Has there, so there's been at least two live-action Flintstones films? Correct. Correct. Has there at been least. more than two? Did they do any straight to Steve? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Why have there been no live-action Jetson films? Probably because this one was shit, and they were like, eh. But it was, wasn't shit enough for them not to greenlight a sequel. True. Mm. I don't know. So why, maybe, why have we never seen a live-action Jetson film? I was thinking maybe it was because of budget, because doing sci-fi might be more expensive than what than Stone. I mean, not but, when you make films the way they make this film. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Mm. The sets in this film must have cost a fucking bomb to do a lot of them. What year was the Jetson set? Because I've got a feeling maybe it's supposed to be like about now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. Probably turn of the century. Yeah. Hang on a second. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe... Because my understanding then they is... Could have, they but, could have started the, the HB multi-universe. Yeah. <laughs> the... Uh, the yeah. uh, what do they call it? They tried to do that with the Scoob yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. They tried to do that with the Scoob movie recently, didn't they? Did they? Yeah, tried to make it into a gateway film to get everyone in it. Who else? Who else is in the uh, Scoob movie? Then? Uh, Dick Dastardly, Matt Lee, <laughs> really? uh, Captain Caveman, right? Um, Dino Mutt, right? Um, Dino Mutt. <laughs> Twenty sixty two, Jetsons. Oh, okay. So we still so, got a little bit. Of time still got a bit of time for it to yeah. be proved correct. Because um, from my understanding is b- back in the day when the Flintstones and the Jetsons were on. They were both equally as popular. I think so. And I think a lot of the Flintstones films are crossovers with the Jetsons. They did they? do a few crossovers. Yeah. yeah, there's like a couple where they wife swap yeah. and stuff. Because they're yeah. from exactly the same period of time. No, no, you're like there's time travel episodes and there's that little. I hope so. Otherwise, it's not going to make sense. There's that little green George green dude, isn't there? Um, no, the Flintstones is set in 2062. It's just. Capitalism's gone horribly, horribly <laughs> wrong, and that's just the fucking wealth yeah. inequality between the Jetsons who own Amazon stock and the Flintstones who are like trying to pay, the, trying to remortgage their house. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, do you want taglines, please? Yeah, is it Flintstones? Meet the Flintstones. No, it's not. Just meet the Flintstones. The first, surely. The first one is coming May twenty-seven, nineteen ninety-four A.D. That that's a tagline, right? Punchy, cool stuff. Yabba dabba, do. That's right. not a tagline. Second one, and the third one. Yabba dabba, do it. Hmm. Yeah, I remember Someone when was I was very a kid, short of ideas that yeah. day. I I thought like when we were kids in the nineties and stuff, that was truly the heyday of movie posters and taglines. Mm. Like every big film had a real snappy tagline. In what space, I'm learning nobody is nobody can hear you scream. Yeah, but what I'm learning as we go through the show is that 
rarely a tagline no, that holds up. But also, that. seemingly, the mid-90s must have had a real lull. Yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. did Batman Forever the other week, and they were all awful as well. well. We have, yeah. Was there, like, a tagline writer's strike in the 90s? <laughs> Maybe. <or> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they were just all high or something, or on coke or something, and I just couldn't be bothered to do their jobs. I don't know. I'd imagine... No, if they were on coke, we'd be getting, like, X... Like the one you just said, in space, no one can hear yeah. you scream. Like mm. from the 70s and 80s. That's true. Yeah, true. That was Coke-filled uh, taglines. Maybe we need to do a spin-off show investigating the history of taglines. We could do that. Do a special. Give it a try. In some do investigative it. journalism. <laughs> what really happened to taglines? We, we go to Hollywood and uh, talk to all the uh, classic tagline writers. Yeah. Find out about the great disappearance of the great tagline writers <laughs> in the mid-90s. We could get Netflix to fund us and everything. Some say yeah. the uh, great tagline writer of the early 90s got <laughs> high on so much cocaine he wandered into the freeway construction site and is now built into one of the pillars holding up the I-97. i heard that. Mm. Urban legend says. Mm. Legend. Uh, right. Do you want facts and figures? Or? Yeah. I say yeah. facts yeah. or figures. I need to know more about this film. I crave to know more about the Flintstones. Budget. Do you want to guess what the budget is? I mean, Rick Moranis don't get out of bed for less than five million. Back then, he was hot shit. He was fresh off Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, so I'm going to say... I think maybe he was fresh off Honey, I Shrunk the Kids too by that point. Or know. maybe. In which case, he's making even bigger bank. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say 70 million. Not quite, no. Okay, thanks for helping me along. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, because Batman Forever was 100 million, the budget mm. for that. So I thought, well, this must be a pretty big budget for this as well, but not quite 70 minutes, so 60. 46 million. Really? Mm. They probably wow. saved a lot of budget on Hal Berry's costumes, though, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Just yeah. like with Catwoman as well. Yeah. <laughs> Carwoman. Yeah. There's a joke. Just for four people, yeah. but three of them are in this room. Um, <coughs> opening weekend in the US, it took 29.688 million. That is... Criminal. Um, and gross, it did 341 million. How much, sorry? 341. Oh, Would this oh. have been John Goodman at the height of Roseanne? Would Roseanne have been airing right now? Uh, no idea. No idea. Because that was like the biggest show so. on TV I at certain points right. in the 90s. Time, yeah. And he would have been one of the like one of the hottest stars. Oh my god, this guy is such a hot star right now. Oh my god, call this guy the sun. He is such a hot star. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the problem is because they re-, re brought it back, didn't they? So it's now just classed as. Well, they brought it back as the Connors because they had to drop it oh, well, because she got, she got cancelled. Yeah. Um, so it, oh, there, oh, there we go. So it originally ran from 1988 to 1997. So oh. yeah. So, so yeah. Smack mm. bang in the middle. And then was briefly revived from 2018 to 2018. So John Goodman would have been considered a get for this film. Yeah, yeah. And he is he is in the top three things in this film. He is. The other two being Carl McLaughlin and Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah. I think Rick Moranis pretty much carries any scene he's in. Expert casting. Yeah. I'd struggle to consider anybody else. Uh, Steve Baldwin? No. No? No, sir. My only get that Baldwin out my film. My issue with um, Rick Moranis mm. in it is that John Goodman is is doing a good Fred Flintstone. He's he's doing uh, he's he's quite convincing with the voice and the, the just everything. 
Rick Moranis doesn't seem to be doing the voice. He's just doing Rick Moranis. Yeah. Um, he's just doing kind of Rick Moranis in Ghostbusters. It could be any Rick Moranis. And he's not doing a Barney. Doesn't even try the, try the laugh, really. I think the problem is there's so little Mick, uh, Rick Moranis to be had in this world. <laughs> that even just, t- yeah, yeah, just yeah, pure Mick any, Moranis. Yeah. Any bits you can get. You've got to take the Moranis where you can. Yeah. Um, but also, what, oh, we'll talk about this in a minute, but just the fact that he's... He's still playing Barney very thick. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. apparently he's, he's, he's like really... He's the most intelligent, intelligent man, man in the quarry. Yeah. It's just... And he knows he's... But he's still being like really stupid. I don't know. I mean, I suppose it, it's he's the most intelligent caveman. He, yeah, but he seems... It, but it? the way he acts in the film... Is not he, he seems like he's really thick, uh, thicker than Fred Flintstone. Mm. But apparently that's completely the opposite. Well, anyway. We, we uh, briefly talked about this, didn't we? It yeah. was like, there's such a massive plot hole in the entirety of the film that makes no sense. Right. Oh, yeah, there is, yeah. yeah. I, I know, I, I'm, I completely agree with you. I'm just wondering which one in particular you're referring <laughs> to. So, yeah. Okay, so my... I don't know, do you want to talk about this now? So should we, uh, right, should we recap do... first? Oh. Um, I forgot about these. I haven't done these for a long time. Um... Um, so, the, it's the Flintstones, but live action. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much covers it. <coughs> Fred and Barney go to work, but there is a criminal mastermind, played by Carl McLaughlin, mm. from Showgirls fame, who decides that he's got a plan to do something to make lots of money. Well, like like all your favourite classic Flintstones episodes, it revolves around a land fraud scheme. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and he's... Um, Needs a patsy amongst the quarry workers to blame everything on mm. when it all goes down the shitter and he runs off with the money, basically. Um, so they do this like aptitude test, and um, Fred Flintstone um, gets accepted as he has the highest grade. Um, uh, but it's actually, anyways, we'll talk all about this later. But then he, uh, so then, um, he gets lots of money, falls out with Barney. Uh, sorry, he and Wilma fall out, fall out with Barney and Betty. Um, and, um, and But it all comes good in the end. After a near-miss lynching. Yes, after yeah. a near-miss lynching. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, good. There That's we go. basically much it. Yeah. 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 There we go. It, I think it's a testament to this film as to just how painfully you struggled through trying to recap that <laughs> and it's not because i could tell it wasn't because you couldn't remember what happened it's because it's painful to recount it it's just i, I didn't want to go on too much more because I, I was boring myself yeah a hundred percent i agree <laughs> that was still too long a version of this film <laughs> all right yeah. there you go cool and we'll jump to a commercial we'll be right back after this this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Live from the festival ground off the I-35. Join us for Truckopolypse 2 Return of the Truckening, sponsored by the I-35 Tap House and Roadkill Grill. Truckopolypse! Truck Ceratops. Uncle Truck. The Truckle Brothers. Truck Rogers in the 25th century. Van Halen. Trucky number 11. Truck Norris. Truckle Berry Finn. And special guest Trick Van Bike, the three man motorcycle and transit van stunt team. 
Big Truck Magazine says... Truck me, that's a big rig event. Tickets available now from the box office at the abattoir. A family ticket is just $204 when purchased with a bumper bargain barbecue value pack for only $99.99. Normal family ticket price $300. Right to admission reserved if you are not wearing a suitably formal stetson. Truck is not held responsible for any injuries, maiming or death occurring at the festivities. People sitting in the splash zone may get covered in diesel. Under fours drive for free. Free parking for those willing to park in the crush zone. Inclement weather may result in shy or non-visible trucks. Go, Go truck, truck yourself. yourself! And welcome back. Yabba right. shagadoo! Is that Good right? On. Yeah, that'll do. Alright, nice. Right, shall we, uh, shall we jump into the meats, meat and bones of this? this is the meat and bones. Yes. The hearty, hearty, hearty huge hearty steak. meat and bones, yes, of this, this old ear film podcast. That yes. makes your car tip over. Yep. Oh, what a big rib. What a massive early McRib. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. What do you think? Brontosaurus rib? Yeah. Brachiosaurus rib? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. What other dinosaurs do I know? T Rex. Triceratops. It wasn't a T Rex rib. It's something, <coughs> something far longer. Dinonychus. Dinonychus rib? Giganotosaurus. What I'm really asking oh, is well. what's in a McRib? <laughs> <laughs> what dinosaur meat is in a McRib? Well, certainly ain't any real meat. Oh, all processed. Oh, you burn to... on the McDonald's oh, Corporation McDonald's from the podcast. Yeah, nice. Ooh. We got beef. McDonald's don't. Hey. hey. Cool. Right. So, <laughs> ba, 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 ba. who's got the first I'll note? See you in court. <laughs> He's got the first note because my note doesn't start until... My first note is that's a ridiculous-sized olive, which I don't think is anything to do with the opening few scenes. No. I think that is when Carl McLaughlin is pouring himself that massive, like, martini. Yeah. Like the huge uh, crystal rock glass. Right. And he has, like, an olive the size of a emu egg. Maybe not that big. An olive the size of a kiwi fruit. Right. In it, I'm going to say. Nice. Okay, so I've got some early notes. Sure. Oh, good. Okay. Um, basically to do with those really shitty changed names and stuff they did at the start. Steven Spielrock. Yeah. Yeah. Works, doesn't it? What? What? <laughs> um, <laughs> Universe Shell. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Lols. I put after that one. Is uh, so? Is it that early on when we established we're watching a film within a film? The Flintstones yes. go to a drive-in cinema to watch a film about the Flintstones. Yes. Yes. Cool. 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 Yep. Cool. Yep. Cool. yep. Which again goes to the many things of the Flintstones that they have things like theaters, uh, oh, movie theaters, TV, you, car, you, radio. We jumped ahead to a, a section I was going to bring up, which is uh, we'll, we'll go straight to it. Okay. There's right, a bit where there's a bit where they're in the car at the beginning. Yeah. And uh, Fred screeches to a halt. And that's when I realised they didn't invent brakes. Yeah. But they invented so many other things before they invented brakes of the combustion Ra- engine. Radio. Yeah, so let, let's go through them. Radio. TV. Satellite TV, which by proxy yes. satellites. Yeah. <laughs> Electricity. 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 Yeah. yeah, lights. Guns. Handcuffs. Uh, I've got a whole list of them somewhere. What else have <laughs> we got? Uh, the, <coughs> the concept of a legal indictment. <laughs> they invented before breaks. <laughs> um, uh, what else? Yeah. They invented so Break. much stuff: guns, handcuffs, but not running water or showers. No, no, just animals. Or garbage right? disposals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Or a can opener. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Wristwatches. They invented before breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Or, a, legit. or a, like an alarm, siren. Basketball, irrigation, air travel, commercial air travel. Yeah. <laughs> they invented before breaks on a car. Yeah. Yeah. But they say they, they didn't even invent a siren to alert people no, that, that, no. that work's finished. Yeah. No. Uh, but, but they could invent electricity yeah they almost invented an ai you know in a weird sense with the bird being the dictaphone mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, bird that's, the bird that's perennially the smartest creature in any room it's in yes yeah 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 very much so um yeah well, that's most of my notes okay where's my <laughs> oh, notes sorry. suggest they invented this before breaks <coughs> wait yeah. they invented this before breaks <laughs> um so i Say what you will about this film, but I did like we will. the throwback to the TV series with the opening bit, mm. them coming yeah, out yeah, of yeah. the cinema and oh, yeah. them well, getting they do the half rib, the opening. And then they? they do the other half later on. Uh, yeah. they, and on the back end of the film. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was good. That was fairly faithful. And it was... I just don't understand the film in film gimmick. Mm. Why not just get... Like, it adds nothing. No. Yeah. Apparently, also... They invented drive-in cinemas before they did, <laughs> yes. Um, there was... My, one of my notes is, that's really shitty CGI sea monsters. Um, when they do the flight, I think, must be the they, flying over the map or whatever it is. They, yeah, it would start off with the people on the back of the yeah. pterodactyl flying. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. But also, there's, there's a bit where they're... Fucking awful. That was very Simpsons-esque as well, wasn't yeah, it? As it was. a, as you come in over the hill and it says... the. Uh, does it say the or just say welcome to bedrock? Welcome to bedrock, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. But um uh there was one bit as well, it's a similar kind of thing, where people get on a bus and then they have to like paddle walk it in themselves, however whatever you it's yeah. like why just walk? Don't why why are you getting a bus? <laughs> yeah, what what is to, the purpose of the having purpose a of getting a bus if you're pedalling Same with a, the car with everyone else? Why not put a saber toothed tiger under the bonnet of your car that FYI, why does your car have a bonnet? It has no engine in it. <laughs> but, like, every... So so the way that the Flintstones does uh, Stone Age versions of modern stuff is they go one or two routes, don't they? Is they use an animal. So, like we said, for the dictaphone, yeah. you know, the, the alarm. So you could have stuck an animal under the bonnet and had that power the vehicle. Yeah, so that yeah. would have been acceptable. Or the other way is to make it out of rock and make it way hilariously bigger than, like, the modern day thing. Mm. See Carl McLaughlin's massive uh, yeah. drinks glass or the fucking candle that Hal Berry is smoking at the beginning of the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah. apparently a, a Stone Age cigarette is just a normal cigarette but half a foot in diameter. Apparently yeah. so. Um, um, and also the like, stuff they eat, obviously, is all massive as well. Yeah. Because they, they don't just, like, take a, a decent-sized section of it so that you can eat. They don't, like, take up just a, a part oh, no. of a... A little bit of a, the meat from them, they give you the whole whole mm. thing, or mm. the, the eggs. We know how the dinosaurs <laughs> died out, boys and girls. Fred Flintstone fucking ate them all. Yeah, <laughs> but like, and, and also the McRib. But, yeah. like <laughs> but like with the Dicta bird, they're yeah. obviously birds of like a more normal size. Mm. But no, when they cook, they they use, use like dinosaur eggs that are huge that they can can't possibly eat. Yeah, Re- that's that means they're eating reptile eggs, right? Yeah. For, for breakfast, yeah. Can you? Could you make a, a snake egg omelet? 
I don't know Maybe. if reptile eggs are the same as bird eggs. They have like a yolk and I a, a white or... No idea, actually. Is it just all full-on reptile in there? <coughs> I no idea. Couldn't tell you. Oh. Absolutely no idea. Oh, I feel need, like... I'm going to have to You're Google look that later. Now. Can you eat a snake egg? Oh. Find out for us. Let us oh, know. It's going to find. It's going to find porn, isn't it? In the first <laughs> result, it's going to. Yeah. This might have to be a safe search on kind of search. Yeah. So I really hate my first note. Actually, goes is when they go to it. Must be at the quarry, right? Mm. Because I really hate films where you have a load of people pulling um, something supposed to be like really heavy. So there's like a big lump of rock or something, and they're all pulling. There's loads of people pulling on a rope. Sure. But between each person, the rope is, like, sagging. Yeah. And it's just every time that you ever see that kind of thing in a film, I'm just like, it's, why? So why do you not just... Break the whole... Yeah, but that's yeah. it. That ruined it for me. But no, but it's just like, it's surely you could have got... Because surely that thing they're pulling is not an actual massive piece of rock. So I'm sure you could have just got them to pull it. Yeah, it's just presumably a huge spray-painted piece of foam. Story. Basically, yeah. 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 So it's like, so surely you could have actually got them, but, but apparently they're not. Apparently, seemingly, it must have been on some kind of track. <laughs> but even though, just just make the rope taut. Don't have it, like, drooping between people where quite clearly it's not... I love the fact that that's what you picked up on. From the, 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 purely, the start. I wonder if that's purely so you can get all of them in frame. Maybe. It's like, okay, well, okay, yeah. make them go taut. Ah, shit, we lose the front two dudes out of frame. Yeah. You know, it's easier to Maybe. make them to go, nobody will ever fucking notice the yeah. uh, the rope slack in yeah. this, yeah. rather um, than reset up all the camera. So on your left, you'll see the Grand Canyon in about 2,000 years. Shit joke. Yep. Yeah. Sorry about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I just found that they've got car radio. So we get into the store. Sorry, sorry, air quotes. Story. Yep. <coughs> so we find out Fred gives Barney Rubble money to buy a baby. To, to yes. buy a baby. Yep. yep. On the black market. Yep. Presumably. Um, That's the way it's done. Why is Wilma really, really cross with him for giving the money so they can she, fulfil their dream? She's not. She's, she's not. She's crossed because he didn't tell her he was taking the money out of the account and she'd gone to the account and found the money missing. Is, so I think she'd assumed. Classic Fred Flintstone, he's probably spent it all either on hookers massive reds or hookers and blow. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and then as soon as he comes clean and tells her why, she gets all blowjob mm. faces. Yeah, she's she? like, oh, That's you're true. the most wonderful man ever. Okay. Then my note was yeah, a bit shagadoo. I think maybe you missed her character change whilst you were writing the note. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that might be what it is. So, um, excuse me, Wilma and Betty. I did mention this to you both before, and mm. I think you had a, one of you had a fact about I've it. I've got a fact. Is that I never used to like their laughs in the cartoon. It used to really great on me. Mm. Wilma's and Betty's very distinctive laughs. Um, and I found that I hated it even more, which I didn't think was possible, in the film. Um, and I'm sure one of you... Was it you that said... So Rosie O'Donnell was cast because she could do the laugh. Oh, really? That is the only reason she was cast. That explains a lot, because <laughs> she is so bad. In in a film that is full of stink, she is the stench that stinks out. Mm. But they them two do the laugh. Yeah. John Goodman does the laugh. Yep. Rick, Rick Moranis, Moranis does Rick Moranis. Yeah, just doesn't do the laugh. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, another... Excellent example of 
an animal being the best actor in this film, mm. as we've had in the past. We've had a there was a cat in the Blob. We Is had the, the monkey bestest dog in uh, what's the the thing, yeah. and now we have the orangutan, yeah, who um, who works in, in the, quarry. the quarry, yeah, yeah. So this raises all manner of questions in this film, doesn't it? Because in a little bit as well, we're going to go to a uh, adoption agency where. There's two orangutans. Two orangutans adopt a baby orangutan from the same place that two Homo sapiens are adopting a Homo sapien. Yeah. Um, which really means that do we have this like two tiered society? Are Homo sapiens living amongst orangutans? Maybe because orangutans seem to be taking. There's an adoption process. Yeah. So they're they're taking part in society. Mm. So is it is there like some undercurrent of racism? Are the are the orangutans second class citizens? That's what this film should have been about. Well, yeah, because yeah. if, if you noticed, um, on the bus, all the orangutans were either sat at the back or standing up, even though there were free seats available at the front of mm. the bus. I would argue that it is a powerful racial allegory to have them all sat at the back. However, it just makes logical sense to have an orangutan stand on a bus because they've got naturally long arms, so they can hold the... Uh, That's true. That's true. And they've the not got long enough yeah. legs to no, reach they the floor. No, couldn't do anything yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, can't, can't really assist with the, uh, the, the pedaling. traversal, no. Yeah. Um, so we get Bam Bam. Yeah. Yeah, we oh, yeah, they adopt their Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Bam Bam. Must be a Pokemon. It's the only thing it says. Yeah. He, he scarily reminded me of my son, but that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you initially handed an orangutan in the operating yes. theatre first? They went, oh no, sorry, that was for the orangutan. <laughs> That's it. Um, oh, why is it bad? He does like lift you up and throw you out the window. And he stuff, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smacks me around with a club and yeah, all sorts yeah. of stuff. Yeah. He. Oh, why is it so badly dubbed? <laughs> like every time he says it, it's I think just he's classic awful. One of two kids playing him as well. Oh, I think twins. Yeah. Right. Same with Pebbles as well. They were played by twins. So they could. Uh, There's always that classic thing of out. child actors being played yeah. by tri- twins or triplets, just so you can keep swapping them around. Yeah, yeah. bring in another one. But yeah, uh, they could have got their timing a bit better on the Bam Bam. Um, <laughs> Bam Bam bring way too much of a dangerous edge to this film. Of are we going to see a small child's penis? Because he's only wearing yeah, that like fiddly, yeah. yeah. and he's like he's he's off parkouring out the window and shit like that. And it's like it's only a matter of time before that wind blows that off. Yeah, or or we just get an awkward shot of him like hand standing over a moving barrel or something, and just we get see full wing. on mm. full on wild child peeing. Because <laughs> <laughs> was he? He was raised by wolves and snakes or something. Apparently, so. yeah. yeah. The wolves tutored him in English and the snakes taught him maths. <laughs> That's why his grasp of science is so poor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I Mine jumps quite yeah, yeah. rapidly mm-hmm. now. So, but then um, we start coming into the storyline, the plot line then. Where, oh, do you want to explain the plot? So, right, okay. Not, uh, kind Not of. explain it. I, Talk about the massive so gaping hole. the massive hole. gaping hole um, that I found in this film. <laughs> so... Andy, you've probably got many other massive gaping holes that you found in this film, but we'll just go through this one. At the you know me. I'm gaping holes aplenty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Carl McLaughlin's character, mm-hmm. Mr. Evil, I can't even remember his name, he works for the... Special Agent Dale Cooper. He works for the... Works for Mr. Slate or something. Sure. The yep. Slate Company. Yeah, that sounds, or something sounds or other legit, like yeah. Um, and they... There's basically a quarry. So there's, like, offices... 
mm-hmm. where he works, and there's the, the quarry where Fred and Barney work. So he's got some kind of scheme going where he's going to sell, like, get them to make, like, get rid of the workforce, make shoddy buildings yep. for loads of money. He's going to take the money somehow, or he's got a plan to take the money out and then go off and live on a It's a classic Caribbean monorail scheme. Yes, basically. He's going to sell them this automated construction line that he knows won't work. Yeah. And he's going to cream the money off the top. Yes. But to do it, he needs a fall guy mm. so that he's not blamed and someone else will go to, say, prison. So he he sets up an aptitude test amongst the quarry workers, right? So I see where you're driving right. So he sets up a, an aptitude test, uh, gets them all to take the test, and then, so weirdly, so to pay Fred back, Barney, knowing that his test is either the best or just generally is better than Fred's. Pretty eager fucking testicle either way, right? Yeah. Although, fair play, yeah, probably you can probably guess you're better than Fred's. He, he, yeah. So he he looked at his Fred's test and was like, oh, he's done really badly. I'll just swap it around. So he didn't that, even spell his name right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Fred's got, you know, a better chance than, than uh, me. That's true. Hang on. Oh, it's because they put it in the envelope, didn't they? Yeah. Right, not he didn't put their name on it. Um, so anyway, so they give Bart. No, sorry, they give Fred the job because he came out top of his aptitude test. Mm. So my question is, why would you want the most clever person for a patsy? For a patsy? What, surely you'd want the thickest person. Yep. Because they would be the one that would just pass it through. If Which you have the most, ironically, clever, would still be Fred. Would still be Fred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you had the most intelligent person, they're more likely to see through the... Or yeah. just read the tablet yeah. you're putting in front of them. Yep. And say, oh, I'm not signing this, what's going on? Mm. But they, they go for the most intelligent person, but luckily get the, the least most... Intelligent. Least intelligent. But I was like, but surely that's the one they wanted. That's my biggest plot hole in this, is that that, that really just does not make sense. No. Yeah. Also, um, sort of hanging on to that you get uh, there's a bit uh, slightly later on I think or no maybe slightly before that with Carl McLaughlin and Hal Berry where you get the whole like uh, you know how Mr Burns like knows of Homer Simpson mm. like you get the feeling Mr Burns doesn't know many of his employees but he knows Homer Simpson he's the bumbling oaf one yeah you kind of get that scene with Carl McLaughlin where he's just like oh Flintstone and he kind of recognises the name and he's like oh he's a you know a dum-dum yeah so I think so at that point, who cares what the aptitude test scores are? Yeah, yeah. Just you know you've got a classic dum dum down there by yeah, the name yeah. of Fred Flintstone. Yeah. Just say he got the best aptitude yeah, score. Yeah. Well, yeah, literally. Yeah. Just say he's this this guy's the winner. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, that whole It's it's a really thing, it's odd, a real like, oh, the whole thing's just shoehorned, isn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. into story. Um <laughs> it went through uh, you could probably tell, it went through multiple writers. And multiple script revisions before it even got yeah. made. It just um, seems weird that surely at some point someone would have gone, "Hang on, shouldn't Fred Flintstone have got it anyway?" But he shouldn't have been. There shouldn't be uh, this whole swapping. The, they've only done the swapping the tests over, so later on, him and Barney can have this yeah. argument. Well, yeah. Bar- so Barney has a reason to feel righteously aggrieved. Yeah, that's literally the only reason they've yeah. put that in there. Mm. But them choosing the most intelligent of the quarrymen. 
which was obviously that was your the, uh, folk band no, in it, college. It, it was the original name for the Beatles, wasn't it? The Quarrymen. Oh, really? When they were a skiffle band. <laughs> um, that was um, so. But why? Why they were going for the most intelligent one mm. makes no sense. Which would you say was the most intelligent Quarryman, who then later on went to become the Beatles? Um, I think it's I think it's John and Paul were in the Quarrymen. Yeah, maybe George might have been in there at some point. Um, I don't know which one. I don't know. They're all pretty intelligent, I'd imagine. They all did pretty well, to be fair. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry, I was trying to find a side tangent to get us away from yeah. the Flintstones momentarily. Flintstones. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> talking of um, B fifty twos. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the B fifty twos were in this. <coughs> they randomly they played their own song at one point, and they also played. A remix of the theme tune. Yeah. It felt weirdly akin to that bit in um, Basketball where Real Big Fish turn up and just play a song yep. in the middle of the film. Yep. Pretty much from top to bottom. Yep. And then you don't see Real Big Fish again. No. I'm sure there's a couple of other films that do that, isn't there? Yeah. Um, there's there's a, a thing that they do in films which I really hate. It's usually in, like, rom-coms, mm. which I really, really hate. Normally at the end or something, they'll... There'll be some like birthday, but the whole you know the whole stories accumulating towards a, is that the word culminating. Thank you, yeah. Thank you, brain, for uh, to come to like a party at the end, either a big birthday party or a reunion prom. or a wedding or a prom or some such. Um, and always at that big do, some famous band will appear. I love it. That's my favourite bit. Is it? Yeah. I, but it's just like... John Bon Jovi oh, turns up. ladies oh, and gentlemen. a random's wedding? I mean, it'd be rude for me not to play a couple of songs. <laughs> it's like, ladies and gentlemen, guess who's here? And there's just some famous band just happened to have turned wow, up for the event. Wow, you say famous. Well, yeah, no, indeed. But because there was one, and I think it was just for the closing credits. And and one was the women was just like ladies and gentlemen please welcome Hall and Oates uh, <laughs> who then came on and it just like st- st- they're on the stage and it's like why the hell would Hall and Oates and it was Which there was no comments with Hall oh, and Oates yeah. it's it's um it's one with um oh is her name Kristen Bell Kirsten Kristen Bell right Kristen, yeah um, which one I can't remember. I'll I look need it to up. find this out. I'll look it up. But she yeah, played like a sexy widowed farmer. Or something. I think it's no. I think it's something. It's something to do with her. A sexy widowed lawyer. I think the film is that her brother is marrying a girl that she went to school with, who was her arch enemy at school, right, or something like that. But her right. her arch enemy at school is actually already become, sounds better than the friends. <laughs> carry on. Has her arch enemy at school has now become like a nice person? She's mm. atoned for her past life, apologized, right. but. Co- Kristen Bell can't let go, and there's like, and she tries to split them up and stop the wedding, blah blah blah. Because she's comes, in love with her brother. No, just because she's just not very Is nice. She in love with Hall and Oates. Well, I don't know, but maybe at some point someone mentioned that they love Hall and Oates. She's know. a sexy widowed what in this film? <laughs> <laughs> so she atones for all this, and at the end the wedding goes well, and it's all. But then literally as the very end, she's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Hall and Oates." Where does Spider Man come into this? <laughs> Bell, not Dunst. Oh yeah. That's the wrong one. And that's isn't also it? Kirsten, not Kristen. Yeah. So you're Fuck, wrong. On that both was names. Oh, that was terrible. Could we cut? <laughs> Kristen Bell's the uh, the the. <coughs> yeah, I know. Is from Good Place. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I know frozen. she is now. Hmm. Um, so um, yeah, and at the end, and then so the credits just play while Hall and Oates are on the stage. Hmm. 
but it makes no sense why they're just suddenly. <laughs> excuse me, did you think Hall and Oates are free this weekend? Because I've got a wedding that someone likes them. So could they? Oh, oh, they could. Oh, that's great. Cheers. And this, I just, I hate it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe you missed some massive twist at the end. Maybe it's Kristen Bell's character's surname's Oates, yeah. and you find that out in the last scene. It's like, oh, and we've invited my cousin and his mate to play. And then she kills him, and then she's a widow of. Her. Yeah, and she's a sexy widow of, sexy uh, widow. of a musician's yeah. cousin. Um, I'm just, uh, just gonna press play on this a second. It's not, but... <laughs> you know, the one thing you can hand to B-52s is you can tell it's the B-52s. There's no way of denying it's the B-52s. They just sound, yeah. It's just them in every song. Why would you not have them play Rock Lobster? I know, right? Like, the pun's already in the song title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it at the, so they go to the fancy restaurant and the beef? Yeah, beef yeah. Is right? it. This is where we get the the one decent joke in the entire film, which is when you learn that Wilma's brother Jerry was literally sacrificed for her happiness, as in he was thrown into a volcano for her yes. happiness. Yes, it's a throwaway line, and it's it's the yeah. best, oh, it's the darkest that. joke in the yeah. film. I think the mother says it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we sacrificed your uh, brother Jerry for your happiness. No, all, all your brother Jerry sacrificed your happiness. We literally sacrificed him for your happiness. Is what she said. <coughs> I didn't. I didn't hear that one. I missed it. Elizabeth Taylor as well, though. Oh, yeah. I know. Multi-Oscar-winning Elizabeth Taylor appearing in this. And again, not good in this. No, she's only like, in it for like five minutes as well. Five minutes too much. Yeah. But again, but it's just it's a big payday, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Right. This is, you know, at the end of the day, I, she's yeah, like that. It's probably my grandkids love the Flintstones. That's my grandkids are 40 now, though. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. her excuse uh, for doing it. But the real reason for doing it is Patriot. that she's... She owes tax money. Yeah, and yeah. she's, you know, that's going to pay for another month's worth of uh, her lifestyle. <laughs> wow. We get another allusion to racism in Bedrock, actually. Do we? Uh, in the scene before. Fred's talking to Wilmer and he says that his lodge, which I think is he's referring to his bowling group, yeah, right. and not that he's a stonemason, um, but Fred's lodge is no longer accepting Neanderthals, which yes. is his third stratum of society we see, that <laughs> Neanderthals are also yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, part it's, of society. Yeah, someone says something about... Isn't it Elizabeth Taylor says something about you're hanging around with all those Neanderthals and he says, no, they don't accept them anymore. Yeah, which is like, mmm, mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. A bit exclusionary. Yeah. It all starts to make sense when you get to the final scene of this film, isn't yeah. it? And all that bubbling racism in Bedrock yeah. comes to the surface. And then you realise that they're all got American accents. So, there you go. That's Does it a... ever explicitly state where Bedrock's supposed no. to be? It feels like American Midwest, though, right? Well, yeah, some of them. It's definitely in America, though, isn't it? Although, apparently, there's only 7,000 people in the world at some point, he says. True, yeah. Which, again, they invented the idea of the census, the public census, before <laughs> breaks. But also, yeah. all that stuff they've invented, uh, but there's only 7,000 people in the world. Yeah. Right? So they've managed to do all that uh, on the... Basically, that's like a, a small town, very small town. They managed to work out, like, space travel, <laughs> satellite communication. Yeah. Air, air travel, yeah. uh, TV, 
This must be a town of geniuses. Mm. And, and all Fred the dum dums go working at the quarry, and Fred Flintstone <laughs> is the dumbest of the dum dums. <laughs> we are following a film yeah. in a in a world full of technical marvels and geniuses. We are following the dumbest person yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I put that's a great model, but I can't remember what it was about. I don't know why I put. Oh, that. oh because it the, it's the model on the, model the table. Of the the new. Oh um, yes, yeah, 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 dude, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was just like, that's a really good model, and it moves around everything. Yeah, um, I was like, that's very put a lot of effort into yeah, it. Yeah, very good it? model. So again, they can do stuff like that, but they still can't work brakes out for a car. Um, Bam Bam, the mm. two children that play Bam Bam, constantly mm. laughing, even when it's like a serious thing going on. There's like uh, just whatever the, whatever's going on. It's probably PTSD from being raised by <laughs> wolves and snakes. Yeah, right? more than likely. Yeah, but just seemed to be constantly laughing. Whatever kid was playing him at whatever time, yeah. just constantly laughing. Then even constantly laughing during the very weird bit where the kids are in push chairs. They're just like walking around normally, but then all of a sudden they're in push chairs. And then um, and then there's like a pterodactyl attack. They all run away yeah. and the pterodactyl just shits on a car and then that's the end and you never <laughs> yeah. see any more of that. It almost felt yeah. like it was foreshadowing for like, oh, okay, the final conflict, Karl McLaughlin's going to get eaten yeah, by a pterodactyl or shit on by a pterodactyl yeah. or something. But, but never happened, nothing ever happens again. It's just and they have the perfect opportunity in the finale as well because he gets all the slurry poured on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could have had a pterodactyl shit on him yeah, and it would have been the exact same thing. Yeah, but they just all of a sudden they're like, oh, run away. No, uh, no, you wouldn't have got the payoff that they created. Um, concrete. concrete. Yeah. True, yeah. yeah. Uh, was that scene with the pterodactyl attack purely in there to be a uh, like an homage slash pastiche of the birds? Because I thought that was what uh-huh. it was supposed to be. Because uh-huh. it's almost... Well, I'm not going to say it's almost shot for shot, but it is an homage to a scene from the birds well, where maybe, a street full of people are attacked by birds. Yeah, maybe. Um, in a playground park thing. Yeah. Um yeah, because you have the classic uh, scene where it keeps cutting back to like the uh, swing set yeah, yeah. and the uh, more climbing and more birds and there's appearing. more and more birds yeah. on there, and then they attack the street. Yeah, um, it's because it doesn't seem to serve any other purpose. No. It's almost it's like, like it should have been. I don't know. Maybe the kids are in danger, and Bam Bam was supposed to save them or something. Yeah, and they just run out of. Or oh, couldn't be asked to do it, or it looks shit. We, we never get an explanation for why everybody in Bedrock has just normal human like agility and strength, right? And Bam Bam's like the Kal El of prehistoric Earth. No, he was raised by wolves and snakes. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I was like, did the pterodactyl bit happen just so it could shit on cars? Is yes, that literally? I a- think so. <laughs> right, cool. Um, yeah, the and then I mentioned about their laughs frame? being really annoying. Still, sorry, sorry. I was going to say frame. the freeze frame whenever Fred says "yabba dabba do" and jumps in the air. Uh, although it's not a freeze frame, is it? He just kind of gets he just hovers in the air, doesn't he? Suspended on uh, cables, yeah, yeah, and it looks aggressively dumb. <laughs> it's just so silly, especially the the later one where he kind of gets deflated halfway through and slowly sinks back to yeah. the ground. Just looks really stupid. Yeah, in an already quite dumb-looking film. Were you saying um, the other day that uh, John Goodman didn't want to do the voice? Or something? Yeah, he didn't want to do the voice, but they basically told him if he wanted to get paid, he needed to do the voice. Do so he did the voice. The voice. Yeah. 
I don't want to tune the voice. Please don't make me tune the voice. Why can the mammoth talk? And yeah, mm. <laughs> I was going to say there are some animals that can talk, some that can't. Um, it, the pig can't talk, but it can identify and point out what's going on. And people, yeah. Yeah. people listen to the pig as he's. And no, he does kind of go. He does like squeal Flintstone. I think so. As he's yeah. pointing at him. So yeah, so some animals can talk, some can't. <laughs> I yeah. Very odd. Uh, they invented mortgages before they invented breakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, sorry, we forgot to mention that Barney gets fired. Yes. Um, yeah, by Fred has to fire him because he was bottom of the aptitude test, and then he has to sublet his house, and they move in with Fred yes. and Wilma. Yeah, yeah, uh, because yeah. he's afraid of losing the house because he can't afford to pay the mortgage. Yeah, they invented mortgages yeah. before breaks. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, um, so uh, so. Obviously, Fred's doing very well, gets more money. Barney, for some reason, is now just having to do chores around the house. Yeah. Because because they're living there. I don't know if it's their way of paying the rent or something. Well, he's also got other jobs. But he's doing... Cho- and at one point, I think Fred's like in a hammock or something, and Barney's mowing the, mowing lawn, the lawn with a, a lobster. Yeah, the lobster. Yeah. Again, the they couldn't invent a lawnmower, but they just, so they just, again, add an animal to it. But the the lobster is about a foot off the mm. off the ground. Yeah, um, it's just like that's n- that's clearly not cutting any grass set, whatsoever. Set to the wrong height. Maybe he's just not used to cutting the grass. He's got it set to lobster setting. Yeah, he needed lawnmower setting. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like as he's pushing it along. It's like that's just like all you're doing is just displaying the grass to the lobster. You're not actually getting it to cut it. No, it's just giving it a nice view of the greenery. Should we touch on how, for a family film, Hal Berry goes full on Dr. Chase Meridian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> At one point, basically sli- glides across Fred Flintstone's desk towards him, yeah. lubricated purely by her own bodily uh, secretions. Yeah. Oh, I wish she'd slide across her desk towards me. <laughs> what an incredibly young Hal Berry. <laughs> yes. What yes. an incredibly uh, underdressed. How Berry for a family film. Yes. Do you think there was a certain point in which during her career she was like, can't wait to see my costume for the next one. Oh, for God's sake. It's just like... Why yeah, am I going to be wearing yeah. clothes? Yeah, we're going to cast you as Catwoman. Yeah. We're going to cast you in Die Another Day. You know, every single time you go into another film. Here's your, uh, here's your costume. Right, it just seems to be a two-piece again. <laughs> is that is that... Honestly, what I'm going to wear I again. thought I got this out of my system when I got my tits out in yeah. Swordfish. <laughs> what did I even bother for if you're still going to want to see my body in each Yeah, film? yeah, indeed. You mentioned when she was like, we really want you to play Storm in X-Men. Here's your costume. No, it's not happening. <laughs> no, oh, that is not happening. Oh, please. <laughs> well, what else would you wear in a Storm? <laughs> other than a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's, um, yeah, she does go uh, proper... Chase Meridian, mm. yeah. but then that's when you know you you obviously realise that she's going to become good in the end. Yeah, she has um, the she has the change she has of the, heart. Uh, yeah, she? she has the conscience, and also fairly obvious. Carl McLaughlin was going to screw her over as well. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, You've got to run out of notes, have you? Yeah. Oh no. Have you no. Hang <laughs> on. Um, just real quick, I've been getting it wrong all along because I've got a note later on that says uh, Bam Bam has super strength because he was raised by mastodons, oh. not wolves and snakes. There you go. Fuck. Mastodons. It all there makes sense go. now. Um, so, 
<sighs> so Betty and Barney, there's this thing about when they go, the B-52s are playing, they're yeah, at that restaurant, yeah. turns out Barney's working at the restaurant. Yeah. Um, and then they have the argument, and then Barney says, you only got that job because I swapped it around because I'm much more clever than you. And all that yeah. Then they kind of just walk off. I mean, Fred does become an A-class bellend. Doesn't he does. He? Yeah. In short, like, he, he, has, he deserves everything that's going yeah. to him. But, to be, but also, Wilma does change her tune very quickly. Because one minute she's literally saying, oh, um, having a go at Betty for having a go yeah. at Fred. Mm. And then they go home, and then nothing really happens. But she's suddenly like, you know what, Fred? You've changed. And then she storms out. up the house. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Then leaves for her parents' place. Yeah. And it's just like, she changed her tune bloody, bloody quick. It's because they got a different writer in to write that bit. Yeah, probably. More than likely. I think it was that Elizabeth Perkins who's in Miracle on 34th Street mm. as well, I believe. Fair enough. The yeah. only thing I recognised her from was a Netflix series Glow from a couple of years ago well, where she plays a 20-year-old uh, person than she is in this film. No. Woman. <clears throat> one might go yes. so far as to say. Uh, as a female professional wrestler in the 70s. Yeah, nice. That was the only other thing I recognised her from. Mm. I... I didn't piece together Miracle <coughs> of 34. There's a film called or... Cats and Dogs as well that she's in. Oh, okay. Um, Not Cat Dog. No. The Nickelodeon cartoon series. No, no, it's Cats and Dogs. Is that the Spy Dogs? That's the spy one. Spy Cats. Yeah, just it's mainly people's voices that you... Right. Voicing the animals. But you also see Jeff Goldblum and Elizabeth Perkins in their full form. Um, uh, you're so right. So the Dicta Bird... Yeah, is just a, a ongoing presence through, throughout the film mm. at Fred's desk. Is um, voiced by what's his name? Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> what's his name? No, it's not Gilbert. No, it's not what's Gilbert his Gilbert name? Let me know his name. Um, who's? I think he's most. I, he must have been in loads of stuff, but he's most famous for me as being in Blazing Saddles. He, he plays Headley. In, um, Was it full on animatronic? The parent. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the minor yeah. bird. Harvey Corman. Harvey Corman. Um, who plays um, Headley in yes, um, so, Blazing Saddles. Sorry, uh, just a quick one for the animatronics. They were all Jim Henson creature shop puppets. Uh, I did, uh, did them all, and yes, they're very good. So I like the animals and stuff. Very good. For the most part, yeah. yeah I'd yeah. say they're all pretty solid. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, so it's a dicta bird that just sits on his desk and listens to comments and yeah. stuff like that. Probably. And so... When when they suddenly they announced... Oh, so at that party, they announced that Fred has fired everyone because, yeah. again, they've just got him to sign stuff without looking at them, these, these things. So he's fired everyone, and so he's now wanted. But um, but Betty and Wilma go to his office and get the dicta bird. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have the moment when... He's Fred is chased by all the hobos, uh, and they want to um, lynch him. Yeah, yeah. The hobo encampment you see is former garbage disposal. Yes, don't you? who, that's who, who rats, rats, rats on it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird to think that a garbage disposal went on to live in a homeless encampment. Yeah, <laughs> a bizarre turn of events. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and so they want to lynch him. Then Barney turns up, and just by association, they want to lynch. 
Barney as well. Well, doesn't he kind of go, oh, it's all my fault, Fred. I yeah. never should have swapped that. And they're like, well, he also said it was his fault. So yeah, I guess yeah. kill him as well. I brought, I brought a backup noose. It would be shameful not to noose him. Yeah, yeah, indeed. In this heavily racist culture of it bedrock, yeah, absolutely. let's have ourselves a good old-fashioned lynch yeah. over a tree. It all makes sense now. Hmm. Um, but then Betty and Wilma turn up with the um, bird. Yeah. And he stands in front of everyone. And he's like, let me tell you a story which will chill you to the bones. And at that moment, I thought he was going to get, like, shot in the back of the head <laughs> from Carl <laughs> McLaughlin. And it's like, oh, my God, who's going to tell the story now? Because um, there's no evidence. And all the way through it, it's just like, even like, later on, Carl McLaughlin gets the bird. Mm. It's just like, just fucking kill the bird. Don't carry him around. Yeah, it's just, like, just snap his neck. Done. I mean, it doesn't say much about Fred Flintstone standing in society, does it, when the rabble trying to kill him will take the word of a bird <laughs> over him and Barney yeah. Rubble. <coughs> yeah, no, indeed. So anyway, they somehow... Oh, oh no, I think it's because the kids get kidnapped or something, isn't it? Yeah. Bam Bam and Pebbles get kidnapped yeah. and yeah. taken to the automated crushing line. Yeah. Yeah. The crusher from 5,000. <laughs> They go home, that's it, because they go home, don't they? And he finds Dino and the mother-in-law tied up and gagged on the yeah. floor. Yeah. And he unties Dino first, which yeah. is it's an excellent mother-in-law slam. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Dino. We haven't mentioned Dino until now. I've always found Dino. Dino, is he? Do you not like him? Just generally, the character from cartoon to nav, yeah. He was CG. Bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah. Most Well, kind of, yeah. But close-ups, he was... Animatronic. He was animatronic. Rubber yeah. face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was a rubber face indeed. Yeah. There's a part uh, just after this where the dictabird bird breaks the fourth wall and talks directly to us, the viewing audience. Oh, it oh, says something about... I I'd... should have signed with Disney. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. All, Which all was a really that, odd fourth wall No, no, break. that's a thing in the Flintstones cartoons. All the animals that um, do stuff, yeah. they generally have an aside to the camera and say something funny about the job they're doing. Yeah, no, uh, fair enough, but it just seems weird that they'd use the name of, like, a direct rival oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> Barney would be so dead from that catapult. Yes. Flight. Yeah. And how does he launch it when he's takes it away from the thing that was launching it? Sorry, what? Because there's a device <laughs> that was launching it firing the catapult. Right. That, he, so the catapult is the device. No, no, it's something that makes it spring. I think. No, I don't want to. I'm using my arms. Something that makes it. Oh, spring. I can't remember. There's a bit where it's got like an automatic lifting mech. That's right. So the the heavy boulder falls onto it, and uh-huh. then it goes. Yeah. He just sits on it, uh-huh. and it goes. But it was the boulder falling onto it that makes it a spring action. Right, okay. I think you may have found a second, slightly smaller plot hole. Yeah, 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 right, okay. So the way so he loads So it's activated him, by a heavy load being yes, put on it, right. but he's already he's, sat on it. Yeah. And then he manages to activate it. would have made more sense for a boulder to then hilariously fall on him. Yes. And for him to be catapulted through the air, clinging onto the boulder. Yeah. Yeah. That would make more sense as a joke. Yeah. yeah. But also, I loved the bit that as he flew through the air, and he was like, and then he landed, and all of a sudden, Christian Slater appears and goes, blow me, he cleared it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just what he does in all these different films now, whenever someone gets catapulted. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then Fred 
kind of saves the day by moving the catapult yeah. and getting a boulder to blow up the machine. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing he did, he foreshadowed earlier, wasn't it, when he was playing with yes, the yeah, model? Yes, yeah, yeah. But then creates some kind of reaction between mushed-up stone and water. Yeah. Yeah. And as we learn from uh, from more modern-day history, he goes on to invent the city of Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> A wonderland constructed of just the purest cement man could muster. Because uh, does he say, I'm going to name this after my... Daughter. Daughter, is it? Concretia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I bet yeah. Concretia's a looker. Yeah. With yeah. <laughs> the name like Concretia. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sad and rocky. But anyway, that's, how, that's what kills Carl McLaughlin. It all falls on... Yeah. All the concrete falls on him. And he's uh, dead. And then we get to meet Mr. Slate, finally, in the first or <coughs> first time. Yeah. Oh, it's Coming... the second time you see him. Is it the second time? Oh, okay, so this time he seems to have come straight from Elton John's personal optician. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> he calls Fred Flagstone at one point. Oh, yes, he does, uh, yeah. Yes. And he... Yeah. Is there something at the end? He's like, now you get my name right. No. Oh, that's right, so. he chairs the meeting, doesn't he, where we see the model? Yes. Yes, of course he does. Yeah. No, there was one... I have one more note, and I rewatched this part half a dozen times. When we get to the second bookend, and they do the other half of the opening sequence yeah. where they go get the ribs, mm. and the car tips over, yeah. you can see where they swap the actors out. Oh, really? You can see the cut very blatantly. And when the car tips over, it's dummies. And you can tell this because Wilma has no face. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, if you watch it, it looks like one of those nurses from the Silent Hill films. Right. Like, in a Wilma outfit, get tipped over. It's oddly terrifying. Because <laughs> the that. dummy they use for Fred has a face. It doesn't look anything like him, but, you know, all you're really seeing is a blur of eyes and a nose. But the dummy of Wilma, no facial features whatsoever. It's just a, a fucking shock mannequin. Oh, wow. It's That's really it. bizarre. Wow. Okay. I need to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's right at the end of the film, so it should be easy enough to find. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's when the, the classic, yeah. m- classic rib on rib. the side yeah, and yeah. car tips seem. Good. Wow. I'll definitely uh, have to Yeah, watch it's a that highlight. Yeah. yeah, indeed. That was my favourite part of the film. Nice. Yeah. Well, very Ooh. good. I am at the end of my notes. I'm at the end of my notes. We are it's, at the end of the film. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a pleasant watch. Sorry, guys. No, no, it's fine. No, it's, we it's we fine. go through these things. Yeah. It happens. It's, you know, this is what the hat dictated. But it wasn't a fun watch. You it know, sometimes short, we... Though. It yeah. was, but it didn't feel long. Felt long. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've watched some yeah. stinkers, but normally there's... And that, I'm, I'm not trying to slam that. And I'm, I'm not even especially trying to shit on the film or anything. But what I'm saying is no, we've, we've watched some stinkers in the past, and normally there's at least one or two... Like, redeeming features yeah something in there that you can praise I, for it I say the scenery and the animatronics are pretty damn good I say the orangutan's good yeah, yeah I think you can, if you can praise anything it's some solid monkey acting yeah. mm. um, for those uh, free hole scenes they're in yeah <laughs> yeah um, sure he just gets the scores it's up to you is that what we're doing next we're scoring that's this what we're doing it it's this film is so bad it sucked all the energy out of the podcast. Yeah. Fuck. 
Flintstone scores. Before we give the scores, can I ask you a question? Real yeah. Quick? Who? Because uh, so I think the casting of Rick Moranis and John Goodman mm. actually not bad. No. Yeah. Um. I would like to. I, I would like to see a version of the Flintstones. We'll never sadly get this now, where James Gandolfini played Fred Flintstone. I think that could be a real interesting choice because Gandolfini actually had excellent comedy chops. I'm not saying John Goodman didn't, hmm. but I think he would have made a really interesting Fred Flintstone. Uh, I'm struggling yeah. to think of anybody else that I would cast as Barney Rubble, and like you say, mm-hmm. even Stephen though Baldwin. even though Rick Moranis. Isn't playing Barney Rubble? He's just yeah, playing he's Rick Moranis. Good. Yeah. I don't know who. Hey, fruit. Maybe David Spade. But he's a bit too wacky. Yeah. yeah. I. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know because you, you just you need a short, uh, just a short guy, really, don't you? Well, do you even really need a short guy no, when it comes to it? Just, just shorter than Fred Flintstone. Yeah, you just, just stick Fred Flintstone on an apple box at every yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, true. I think but, John um, Goodman is pretty perfect casting. I think he is. I just think for, I could uh, for, I could see James Gandolfini playing that role quite well as well. Yeah, but yeah, I just can't see anybody else playing Barney for some reason. Yeah. I think, no. Matt, there we go. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, do you want to see anyone else play those characters? <laughs> I'd quite like to see a um, <coughs> like a serious dark take on Ooh, Flintstones with James Gandolfini. Like I say, get, dig into some of the, the racial yeah. undercurrents yeah, yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. Like a, the wire, but like a stone age of the wire, <laughs> because undoubtedly they've definitely uh, invented wiretap technology before. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yet we'd still only have a, a like a a bird doing the siren on the top of the car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like well, this makes no sense while while talking on a wireless radio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. Right, scores. Who wants to start, Rich? Um, me. So yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a fan. Um, uh, their their laughs annoyed me. <laughs> I like I like Rick Moranis. I think John Goodman was good. I thought Elizabeth Perkins was actually quite good as Wilma. Um, you know, for, for the think, little she had to work. With. I think yeah. Did, did the best with the bad hand she was dealt. Yeah, what what an incredible non-character the the two female characters were in this. Oh, yeah. Yes, really, I like Halle Berry. She was doing well for what she was given. Yep. Um. So you know, it's people tried. Yeah, people they, tried they, in this film. I think yeah. feel like people did did give it some effort as much as they could, mm. but. It was just things like the massive plot hole with the fact that just why would you give the job to the most intelligent of the people? It doesn't make any sense. So I was just looking at the scores. I gave Cutthroat Iron the three. I think it's probably on a, a par. It's so it's. A, I think it's like a three. Ooh, interesting, Andy. Um. I don't know how tainted my viewing of this is by the fact that I've never, I was never into the Flintstones as a kid. Yeah, it's not a cartoon I would ever voluntarily watch. That's it just true. doesn't interest me. That's true because I think even as a, a kid, if that was on, it would be one that I'd be like, oh, it's the Flintstones. I'll, yeah. I'll switch over to something yeah. else more interesting on them at the other three channels. Um, so I those know. days, do you remember those days? <laughs> those days with three channels. So I think I was I was forever destined to probably not enjoy this. That's fair. Um, but to be as 
repulsed by it as I was. <laughs> I didn't enjoy this one bit. Um, like like we were just saying a few minutes ago, there's there's nothing redeemable. I mean, I, it's nice to see Rick Moranis in something. It's always nice to see Rick Moranis. Um, it's nice to see Carl McLaughlin getting a paycheck, but anybody could have played that role and done just as good a job. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a two, and I think this is a very generous two because I think maybe actually this is a one. <laughs> um, but I don't think this is as egregiously offensive as some of the films no. that I could put uh, put as a one. So no. I'm going to give it a two for not going out of its way to offend me. Although it has a fucking lynching scene, mm. and they seem awfully racist towards Neanderthals and uh, monkeys. No, I'm giving this a one. This is this is this Ooh, film's a racist piece of garbage. One. So you, you, well, from our discussion earlier on about whether I would watch this over Biodome, you've actually scored this the same as you scored Biodome. That seems, yeah, this is on a par with Biodome for me. Hmm. At least Biodome wasn't racist. Yeah, was Maybe mildly misogynistic, but wasn't racist. <laughs> mildly. <laughs> mildly, yep. <laughs> Can't even know. Um, right, so this film has a lot of nostal- nostalgia for me. Because you grew up in the Stone Age, right? I did, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fan but of the McRib. Watching it back made me realise quite how crappy this mm. film was. The, the thing is that you you just nostalgic because your mum used to keep a pig under your sink. That's it. It's not as a garbage disposal. She no, just used to wear it. Used to have a pig under the sink. Yeah. Um, I still love the scenery. I still love like the props and stuff like that. I think it's a really well produced film. But it's clearly written by about 20 out-of-work writers that were trying to get something made at any given time. And um, not one of them were a tagline writer. No, apparently oh. not. Um, I'm going to give this a free, the same as Rich, I think. I think that's a generous free as well. I'm surprised. I thought you would have given it a higher. No. Someone that actually liked this film. No, I've, I've, no. I, over the course of this episode, I've sat here and watched his spirit slightly break <laughs> yeah. over this film. I... It's nowhere near as good as I remember it being, and that's that that shiny child goodness on everything. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait! What? There's got to be a better way to phrase it than that shiny child goodness over everything. No, I'm sure it's fine. That won't quote won't get used against me ever. Um, <laughs> Spraying nostalgia all over me. Yeah, I, it's it's possible. I I bet. I really want to watch Viva Rock Vegas now just to see how utterly garb... Well, the good news for you, Steve, is that you're basically... You're almost definitely going to have all your brand... All brand new choices for next year. Because me, myself and Andy could still find ourselves reusing some of our choices this year. But where you've actually got a whole clean slate for next year, you (laughs) could put it in... Clean slate. Very good. Um, You could put Viva Rock Vegas in if you wished... No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think not I'm... even not even as a goof. No. no. Would I do that? No. <laughs> no. So there you go. That's scores. Should we have a break and then come back for the hat? Yeah, if you want to. Yeah. yeah. Or do you want to just? Should we do the hat? We and then, do the hat because we're going to take a break straight after to watch yeah, the um, to watch the trailer. Okay. Yeehaw! Hat of wonder. Yes, a hat of wonder. There's a snake in that hat! 
whatever comes out of this hat tonight is going to, by definition, be better than the film we just watched. Well, we'd like to think but so. What, what is the hat going to gift I us as a palate cleanser? I don't know. There's some real whiplash choices <laughs> in there. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park wouldn't be the most whiplash choice. It's family no. film to family film. Yeah. But, I mean, if it was to go to some sort of, like, messed up horror film next. Ooh. Although I don't know if we've got any left in the hat. You need to look up, but you're looking down, you, you cheat that way. Sorry. Yeah. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans. it shenanigans. Do you want me to put this back? No. Is this one alright? No, don't put Jurassic Park back. Um. Boo. <laughs> Burr. <laughs> uh, it's not one of his then. No. Uh, so this is 2019's The Platform. Oh! Palette cleanser? Speaking of whiplash. Right. How about. A thriller slash horror in the same vein, slightly as the Cube. Ooh, this is Ooh. a What's the Cube. Uh, uh, okay, so um, this is a Portuguese mm. horror slash thriller uh, shot entirely in one single repeating location. Yeah. It gets redressed to be slightly different locations. Ooh. It is a gimmick film. It goes some dark, dark places. This will be an excellent palate cleanser after um, the best, the Flintstones. Best Flintstones and all I can say to you, gentlemen, is the panna cotta's the message. Right. And you'll understand at the end of the next episode okay. Okay. that the panna cotta is always the message. Okay. Let's go watch the trailer. I'm excited for this. I'm Will Bortle. I'm Bill Bortle. I'm Phil Bertle. And we're here to represent you as the legal firm Bortle, Bortle and Bertle. Had an accident that wasn't your fault? Want a quick and easy payout? Want to keep your wife unaware of your mistress? No, Phil, don't say that. Oh, sorry. We're here to help you with all your personal needs. Just like that green discharge. Seriously, Phil. Oh, I'm sorry. Call Bortle, Bortle and Bertle on 164-222-222-333-222 for all your legal representation. If you're not as nimble as a ninja turtle, call Bortle, Bortle and Bertle. And we're back. Um, we just saw the trailer for The Platform. We just saw the trailer for The Platform. We just saw the trailer for The Platform. It is a Netflix film, and as such, I don't believe there's a TV teaser no. we can play for you. However, if you have a Netflix subscription, you can you go can on watch there and watch this, the trailer yeah. yourself. But you can watch the film as well. You can watch the whole damn Have you double-checked that it's actually on there? Yep. Uh, it's definitely on there. Definitely on there. <gasps> Watch it on the Netflix. I mean, it's a, it's a Netflix-produced it film, isn't it? Yep. So hopefully it shouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> it's good. We're sing-songy. It's very good. We Always sing listen to a musical episode. Right you you did say recently that we do seem to <laughs> sing a sing lot yeah. now. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know Normally why. Normally an episode's more high-energy than this, because this has been a particularly low-energy It has film. been quite... We started quite hot. I started really high-energy. <laughs> yeah, but then we started and talking then, about the Flintstones. And then you sucked all my enthusiasm and joy out of me... I did. ...by mentioning the breaks issue. Yeah. Uh, just... Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, you're right. This is a, a society where breaks should have been invented by now. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Breaks should have been invented and racism should have been stamped out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a disappointing world, the world of bedrock. Yeah, it's terrible. Certainly so. Um, cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, yes, it looks a very, very interesting film. Yes, it is a it is a subtitled Portuguese film. Yes, which of course will extend. So expect uh, penciling the three of us twice the amount of time it actually takes to watch the yeah, film. Yeah. yeah. To watch it and pause it every so often to make notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did notes I miss? Yeah. Like, oh, shit, I couldn't read it quick enough. 
Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm super interested to see what you guys make of it. Okay. It is a very cool film. It looks interesting. It's an mm. interesting concept. It is. Yeah. I agree. And I look forward to it in two weeks to being able to discuss with you what the message of the Panna Cotta is. Because the Panna Cotta is the message. But don't spoil it, Andy. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. I'm going to be waiting for Panna Cotta now. It's Panna Cotta's the message. Feels like you are trying to spoil it. No, yeah. that's that's a tagline for the film. It's a it's a rare example of a good tagline for a film. Okay. okay. What, better than the Flintstones? A lot better than the Flintstones. Yabba dabba do it. Yabba dabba don't. <laughs> Yabba dabba don't watch this. <laughs> This film is Yabba Dabba Dog Shit. <laughs> That's a better one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Good. We're done. Good. Thank you for joining us on this. Uh, this is so low energy. Brilliant. Yeah, this yeah. is disappointingly low energy. Thank you for joining us on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Should we take this away? Yes, please. Yeah. Take this to the, the dump that. The Flintstones belong there. Take this to the old tree in Bedrock Square. And lynch it. Throw the, yeah. throw the noose over and lynch this episode. Yeah. Force it down your pig's throat yeah. and make it be gone. <laughs> Bury uh, it in, in uh, cement slurry yeah. and forget this film ever existed. Yeah. Yeah. We watched this film so you didn't have to. Yeah. Yes. So now watch it and enjoy. Mm. Yeah, and undo the entire sacrifice we just made. Yeah. Erase so, it from your memory yeah. by filling the uh, stone slab back with dust uh, and and spittle. Dust and spittle. I think that's a better tagline for this one. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, that's also the name of my folk duo. <laughs> Hall and Oates and Dust and Spittle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Double headliner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... The and music was terrible, but the swinging parties were legendary. <laughs> <laughs> Between Hall and Oates and Dustin Spittle. <laughs> Andy, any final words? Um, no, no, I think... I, uh, no. <laughs> Rich? No, I don't mean either. Um, and I did, although I have just realised that I've been staring at a picture of Carl McLaughlin this whole evening. Oh, yeah, and Special I didn't Agent actually Dale re- Cooper. Yeah, I didn't actually realise that you, you got your Twin Peaks poster. limited edition Twin Peaks um, Firewalk Carl McL- Me Yeah, Carl McLaughlin is smack bang in the middle of the poster. Um, and I didn't actually even realise until that very second then. Okay. I should put Firewalk With Me into the hat. Because even if you're an ardent Twin Peaks fan, Firewalk With Me makes no sense whatsoever. It so it would be amazing to, to bring in two people that presumably have never watched Twin Peaks. Yeah. So I've tried, no I've idea tried to watch it. Yeah. yeah, that film is... Um, we should definitely put some David Lynch in the hat at some point. Maybe, we'll, maybe I'll put Mulholland Drive in next year. Nice. Or the or, Elephant Man. Yeah, or a Razorhead. Although a Razorhead's only about 38 minutes long. Hmm. That is... Oh, that's a disturbing film. Okay, good. Ooh. Good. Ooh. So you did have final notes. So yeah, yes. was good. You stole his final note. I did. Yeah. That's fine. That's all good. Okay, uh, from me, no, I'm, uh, I'm, all, I'm all worn out. Like, like people's feet in the... In bedrock mm. because they've got no brakes. Mm. Worn out like that. Yeah. Cool. So, Rich. Um, Tara from me, fare thee well. Andy. Fare thee well, watch the skies, the seas, the arid, unfarmable lands of bedrock. And from me, good night. 
I like movies. Didn't like this one. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong music. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Couldn't even finish it. Oh. Oh, that's what she said. That's right. right. I'm just going to cut it in the post. Doesn't matter. I'm cutting it in the post. You've been listening to I Like Movies with Andy McLean, Steve Pye and Rich Marsh. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and email us at ilmpodcast at outlook.com.